All right, so this is episode, I think, like 13 or something like that. We've done quite a few. Um, we started this podcast, I want to say it was in lockdown. That's what we called it, the lockdown podcast, because that's when it started. We were literally in lockdown when we started this podcast, uh, Francis and I. I want to say maybe like five months ago, something like that. Um, and, uh, you know, we stopped for a little bit because there was reopening of the church. And so now we restarted it. And, um, you know, just so people know, the goal of this podcast is that, and I feel like I've said this a bunch of times already, but people see us on Sundays, Mm -hmm. they see me on stage, they see you there, um, you know, welcoming people, Um, they see Tony on stage leading worship. So that, so like, I'll be there on, on Sunday and I'll be preaching a message. I prepared all week for that message. I deliver the message, then I'm done. And sometimes that's all people see. Right. 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 And so the goal of this podcast is to be is for people in our church. This is a this is a podcast for our church. Um, of course, anyone can listen, but it's specifically made for our church so that people can get an inside look at who we are. And so that's why there's no agenda. Like we haven't prepared. I didn't say, hey, these are the topics that we're, we're going to be talking about. Nope. Um, it's literally just a conversation. Okay. So. Let me introduce to you, if you guys don't know, you guys probably, she's been here for a long time, a lot longer than I have, uh, but this is Lisa, and uh, she's our financial secretary at our church, and I want to welcome you to our podcast, really Thank happy you. to have you here. Thank you. Um, and so one of, one of the things that, that I, I just love about you is that not only do you do the finances at our church, but you're a person that worships in a way that I love. I love watching you worship because there's certain people and you've got a bunch of other great qualities. But one of the things that that I've always noticed about you is uh, how you worship on Sundays. Um, I love I love seeing that because it's almost like getting a vision of what I would love for our church to be as far as the way that they express worship. So have you always been that way? Well, remember, I didn't go to church when I was growing up. That's right. And it wasn't until I was way into my adult years that I started going to church. Mm-hmm. And I kind of, re- I didn't want to, but I knew I wanted to when I was kind of fighting it. But I think it was through the worship songs mm. is where I connected with Jesus. Mm. And singing those words for the first probably four or five months that I went to church and I was still just going. I didn't really know what was going on. Um, I cried through mm. the whole worship. And I didn't know why. Mm. And so I talked to some friends, and they said, hmm. And so I just kept going. And that was when I totally fell in love with Jesus. Mm. And so I think because of my experience with having that relationship with Christ early on um, through music, that's one way that I connect with him mm. yeah that's cool yeah and I, I noticed that i noticed that um you know i noticed i noticed that in you um that's really cool that's really cool yeah i love i love you know worship i love um you know what our church has been doing with worship you know uh, uh, tony and i were just talking about it we had a podcast here earlier and uh just talking about this whole idea of the transition between a church that's 150 years old yeah. that have you know done things a certain way for a long time and so we're carrying sort of the momentum of all that history which by the way is beautiful yeah. and we always want to uplift it and we always want to honor it but then at the same time you don't see people um you know 30 40 years ago worshiping in the way that we do right and so um you know there's a beautiful hymn tradition in our church we mm-hmm. have a hymn uh we have a hymn service every sunday at nine fifteen. 
and then we come into our more contemporary worship service. Um, and so when you compare the two, it's like I was I was literally telling telling Tony about this earlier is that you know my assumption would be that the that the traditional you know hymn sing service would be like low energy, but I'm in there. And I'm like, they're clapping, you know, not during the song, but like right. after songs, then right. they'll be like clapping and stuff like that, which I love because it speaks volumes about, um, you know, this just the history of our church as far as worship. Um, but then we come to a more contemporary service and the worship style is completely different, not just the music, right. but the way people express themselves in worship. Eyes closed, people standing, clapping, hands up, mm-hmm. you know, praying in between songs. It's more... Um, it's it's kind of like a, a less structured way of singing, um, but it's uh, it's beautiful. It's different. What what, do you, what are your thoughts on on that? Uh, shoot, I don't know. I think when I when I first started going to church, um, I just sang the songs. I let it sink into my heart, mm. but um, you know sometimes I'd be distracted. But I think when I really came to an understanding of what worship is Mm. and that I'm there to glorify God and to have that opportunity to just be with the Lord, Mm. not only myself, but also corporately together as our church family, um, I think it's something very special. Um, I also know that when I started going to church, I love those, you know, worship songs. Mm. And so I remember, um, you know, some of the, uh, I wouldn't say older, but mm-hmm. the people that had been there longer than me, mm-hmm. they were saying, why can't we sing some of the older songs? Oh, right, and, right, right. And now I find myself saying, why can't we sing some of the older songs? Yeah. But I also realized that I have an appreciation for what the hymns. Yeah. Um, I never grew up on hymns, but I have a huge appreciation for them. Um, I appreciate what we do now. And even though I miss are the songs that I, I guess, grew up with. Mm-hmm. Um, I have an appreciation for every different, I guess, air mm. of, of music. Mm. And because I know it reaches people differently. Yeah. And I don't think if the worship music, what it was maybe when I started going to church mm-hmm. 25 years ago, um, I don't know if I would have connected. Interesting. Yeah. So yeah. I want to be open to wherever it is that God is leading our church to yeah. be. Yeah. Um, because I think it's really important to be able to connect with people on that very, very deep level mm. of, of worship. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. It's true. And, and worship comes. Um, it's interesting because like, like when I... When I think about the old days of my, you know, upbringing in worship, I mean, I, I grew up as a missionary in Chile, so it was kind of different. Um, you know, our we're we're like ten years behind on everything um, as as we go along. But I remember like Chris Tomlin. Yeah. You know, Chris Tomlin was huge. Um, you know, but now now you have you know like Bethel Music, and you have like Maverick City, and you have all of these uh, mm-hmm. these bands that are that seems strange as far as like the way they present themselves mm-hmm. you know i'm like i don't get it sometimes like i don't i don't fully understand what they're doing i like the music is beautiful mm-hmm. the lyrics are beautiful but sometimes the way that they worship or the way they present themselves or the the way that they portray their social media and the, all that kind of stuff to me is like 
I wonder if there's something that I'm missing. But I always want to be open to that because like our church, there's the, there's the wisdom of tradition, mm-hmm. which is, you know, tradition can tend to pull you back a little bit. Hey, let's go back to the old days, right? But then there's the, uh, there's the new, which tends to be a little bit more chaotic. And so we have to kind of find that, that healthy medium to where we can keep growing, yeah. but we can have wisdom, but also allow for things to move forward. And so that's why I always have to be careful. And we had a conversation about this uh, a couple of days ago. Um, specifically about Maverick City mm-hmm. um, and some of the things that we were trying, just like wondering, like, what is there something that we're missing here? Like, what is it? And so, like, um, I'll see like a Francis. For, I always, I always use Francis as an example. Like, I don't understand the way he dresses. I don't get it. Like, I and he'll, I'll tell him when I see him. I, I always say that. Um, but I know that there's something that I don't understand because when I go back to my the way I used to dress or, or the way I used to do things, it wasn't that it was wrong, but people that were older than me, they also didn't understand, right. you know? And so with our church, I think there's, there's a parallel that happens when the new is coming in. Like if it was up to me, we'd do Chris Tomlin songs, yeah. probably the whole service, yeah. you know, it's old school. Right. I get it, but it's not about my preference. Right. Right. So what, what are your thoughts on that whole mindset as we move toward the new honor the past and make sure, but make sure that we don't get, um, uh, trapped by trying to go back to the old, good old days. I think, I think that's exactly it. Mm -hmm. I think that we have to honor the past. I think there's so much, um, you know, like our hymns, uh, my mother-in-law, Oma, um, leads the, the hymn sing every once in a while. And, um, I hear her preparing, and you know she goes back through the history of the hymns and why the song was written, and it's just so interesting to hear yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. Um, and like I said, I didn't grow up on hymns, but the words are so powerful. Um, I also understand that the, I guess the Chris Tomlin or the Hillsong or whatever mm-hmm. generation you want to call it, um, back in the the '90s um, and the early 2000s, those are the songs that I really connect with. Mm. But I also have an appreciation for what we have currently. Yeah. And I think, I remember, um, gosh, when I was a, a newer Christian and people would say, you know, it's not about our preferences. It's about, um, you know, meeting people uh, so they can they can have that encounter with Jesus like you did. Yeah. And so that's what I'm constantly reminded of. And sometimes people will say, well, you know, that song just didn't really connect with me. Mm. And it's like, okay, I get it. And, you know, sometimes it doesn't, I don't either. But the fact is, is that it's between me and God. Yeah. And I'm singing those lyrics to him. Mm-hmm. I'm worshiping him and I'm glorifying him. So I might not connect with all of it yeah. or the style or the way or whatever, but I think between being able to attract people that have never been to church mm. and also connecting with people that have been here for a long time, yeah. I think that's important and it's it's hard to do sometimes. Yeah. Um, because again, I was that person in my 30s who had never been to church. And I mean, why would somebody late in life mm. or mid, mid, middle age go to church? Right. You know, there's, and that's a whole other story. But it was something that, that God got a hold of and mm. said, I'm going to pursue you. And he used music to do it. Yeah. And so I don't, 
ever want somebody to go through life like I was before I found Christ. Mm. You know, thinking that the world had all the answers yeah. and that the world was going to be my my answer to everything. Mm. Um, and it just breaks my heart thinking that p- there's people out there living like that that yeah. that don't know Christ. And yeah. so if music can connect with them in any way, yeah. then it's like, let's try to reach everyone. Yeah. Um, and for those of us that have been around, you know, like myself, I have to, you know, have patience and have understanding. And, you know, I love this line. It's not about me. Yeah. <laughs> and it's from The Purpose Driven Life. Mm-hmm. But Rick Warren always says, it's not about you. Yeah. It's not about me. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, I come to church on Sunday not because of whether I like the music or I don't like the music. It's to give me an opportunity to worship the Lord, yeah. and also worship with my church family. That's beautiful. I, I love that. I love what you said. It's it's so great. Um, in fact, I want to ask you if you could maybe tell us that story, you know, because I've heard it before, but I would love for you to tell the story of, um, you know, your encounter with Christ and through, you know, you coming to church. Maybe speak a little bit on um, your <laughs> prejudice toward <laughs> you know, the church in general and when it came to finances and all that kind of stuff, I would, I think it would be very helpful for people to hear your story. Wow. Okay. Well, I grew up in a family that we were all about family. Mm. Um, It was weekends, family, family, family. Um, We didn't go to church. My parents went to church when they were um, growing up. But then when we were born, um, my dad went to church and his comment was, all the pastor wants is my money. Mm. <laughs> and so he's like, well, if the pastor's driving around in a nice car, I'm not going to church. And so we never went to church growing up. So fast forward, um, 1997, and my world just seemed to be falling apart. I, my mom had like quadruple bypass surgery. My cousin, my 16-year-old cousin was killed in a car accident. My uncle died suddenly. My dad almost died. Um, It was just, it was an awful year, and one thing after another. And my mom kept saying, go to church, go to church, go to church. So I tried churches out, and it just wasn't my Mm. thing. And so my friend invited me to our former church um, for Easter. And so I went to Easter, and my life just changed. It was like I met Jesus, and I didn't know what it was. Mm. It was like, what is this? Mm. And so I kept going back to church week after week after week. I met with a pastor. I talked. We went through, like, the growth track thing Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. at our old church. And finally, at the end, they're like, so are you ready to be baptized? I'm like, eh, I was baptized as a baby. And so then we got into that (laughs) whole discussion on what baptism was. And I'm like, you know what? Yeah, Mm. I'm, I'm ready. This is what I want to do. And so at Christmas of 97, um, I was baptized Mm. and just was on fire for the Lord. I got involved. I started serving. I got involved in small groups because I knew nothing. I Mm. mean, I knew nothing. And so I took classes. I studied. um, I was just, I just had this passion and this fire for learning about Jesus. And um, about a year later is when I met Mark. He was the junior high pastor at the time. Wanted absolutely nothing to do with him. Mm. Um, junior high, uh-uh, didn't, mm-mm. And so uh, <laughs> God just has such a good sense of humor. <laughs> um, so anyway, we just, people were praying for us. Um, 
And lo and behold, God changed my heart. And God knew exactly what I needed mm. and not what I thought I wanted. Mm. But in the end, it is what I wanted. And Mark and I were married. Um, and What year? 2001. Okay. So this will be our 20-year anniversary. Wow. I know, crazy. And six months after we were married, um, I mean, I had this absolutely wonderful job, paid a whole lot of money, and God said, nope, it's going away. Mm. So job, money, salary, position, title, everything was gone. And that took me to a whole other stage of my spiritual walk because my identity had always been in my, my position, my title, my salary, my car, my house, everything. Mm. And finally, that was all stripped away. And it's like, now what? Mm. And so when all my friends were saying, oh, well, you need to go back to work and you could you know, do this or that. And Mark and I prayed about it. And God said, no, mm. you need to just be still. Yeah. And so I learned how to be a pastor's wife and um, didn't work for two years. Mm. And then I kept saying, Lord, I want, to, I want to do something. What can I do? How can I serve you? And so um, by the time we got here to Downey in 04, um, a door opened up and it was like, you know, can you help with, you know, finances? And I'm like, no, I don't <laughs> think so. And well, part of it was, is that, you know, with Mark being a pastor, um, I didn't think it was appropriate. Yeah. So um, when I brought my concern to the elders, you know, they said, well, let's put in uh, measures to right to boundaries and all that stuff. Yeah. Controls. Yeah. So I started helping and it was like, oh my goodness, this is like amazing. Mm. Being able to serve the way that God had gifted me mm. in a church that I absolutely loved. Um, it was, it was just a blessing. And then God opened up more doors to where I'm helping other churches and other yeah. nonprofits. And it's like, it's amazing. Yeah. It is absolutely amazing. But during that whole thing, the, the, the part of the story that I think you were getting to is when my dad passed away, he left his really, really nice car. Mm. And that's what we drive now. And so it's funny, all these decades later, when my dad was saying, oh, well, the pastor drives a nice car. It was my dad <laughs> that ended up giving us his car yeah. in the end. And um, one of the reasons why I like to work in finance um, at a church, at a nonprofit, is because I don't want anyone to ever stumble yeah. like my dad did mm. and say, we're not going to go to church because, yeah. um, you know, all church wants is your money because that's not it at all. That's such a, an amazing story because <laughs> it just, it go, it comes full circle, <laughs> you know, just from the point of, you know, yeah. questioning everything about church because finances from your perspective yeah. were so shady, exactly. you know, um, I'm not saying it's not true in all the cases. Right. I mean, we have examples of, you know, churches, finances just being a mess mm -hmm. and bringing you all the way full circle to making sure that everything in church is above reproach and we have full integrity. And I just, I thank God for you in our church <laughs> and not just because you're a financial wizard. Like that's from my perspective. Again, <laughs> math is like my, you know, the, I'm the worst math person you could ever imagine. But, but the point is um, you're fantastic at what you do. Um, you're, you have all the integrity in the world. Um, and I love working with you mm. because not only, not only are you great at your job, but you also shoot straight with me. And I appreciate that. I appreciate that because, um, you know, as a pastor, as a leader, one, th one of the things that's, that's important to me is that I don't want to surround myself with a bunch of yes people because that's not good for anybody. 
you know. And so I love it when you when you push back sometimes. You know, I love it when my staff, very respectfully, by the way, you, you've always been respectful, and everybody has. Well, generally, everyone has been. Um, but put the pushback is always very respectful and it just, it helps me to grow. So we help each other out. We grow. And I just, I absolutely love that. So yeah, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. And I love the way God used, I call it my former life, mm. you know, the corporate world, um, in, in having me build skills and talents yeah. and refine them, um, so they could be used for his kingdom. Yeah. Um, you know, I couldn't have seen that 20 years ago. Mm. Um, it was very painful, um, you know, losing the job that I absolutely loved. Yeah. But at the time, you know, I, we, Mark and I just kept saying, we're going to trust God. Mm-hmm. He has a plan. Yeah. And we're going to trust him. Now, looking back 20 years, I can think, wow, that's awesome. Yeah. You know, it's just incredible. And that's happened so many times with yeah. Noah, with... Um, just so many things. Yeah. And it's, no, Noah's their son, by the way. Yes. In case yes. you don't know. Yeah. Noah, yeah. our son. Um, so yeah, God's just incredible. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, before we close, let, I want to ask you another question. Okay. I, I want you to speak on, because one of the things that I've, I, I admire about you and both of you, you and Mark, um, is the fact that you uh, obey God no matter what. You just like, if God says this, we, we will do this. And Mark has told me his story. You've told me your story. And I just see this pattern of I'm going to obey God no matter if it makes sense, if it doesn't make sense. But if God says that this is the next step, as long as we have clarity as far as that next step is, we're going to take it regardless. Mm-hmm. Speak to those, those people who um, they feel God is asking them to do something that's uncomfortable, but they're pretty sure that this is what God wants for them. Oh, <laughs> just do it right <laughs> just just obey there's going to be so many things that are uncomfortable that god's asking us to do mm. but it's not because he wants us to be uncomfortable it's not that he wants us to be miserable mm. he wants the best for us mm. and usually that means that we have to refine something in us mm. or get to a place so we are serving in his will not ours yeah um, and that's the hard thing because so many times we could say, well, I don't want to do this or say, oh, I don't think God's telling me this, mm-hmm. but we have to be in prayer. We have to put it against scripture. Mm-hmm. And then we also need to have godly input into our, um, our lives. Yeah. We've never made any major decision without the three of them. Can you say those three again in case people missed them? Prayer. Prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, putting it up against scripture. If yeah. it, if it, completely contradict scripture mm-hmm. that's not right yeah and the third one is um counsel right counsel around godly you. counsel yeah mm-hmm. that's really good advice that's really really good advice yeah because yeah. one of the things about spiritual growth like that god will put you in situations oh, yeah. where you have to take a step and you don't know what's going to happen next it's mm-hmm. literally a step of faith mm-hmm. so we have so many examples in the scripture we have moses you know parting the red sea like he had to take the step you know we could argue that the sea would have opened until he put that staff down, mm-hmm. right? You know, Peter walking on water, same story, yep. you know. Um, Got to take that, that first step. And it's like, I don't know what's going to happen right. next. It's the, it's, the, it's the Christian story. That's our story. Yeah. You know, you, 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 you walk on faith, on faith. And then the result of that is you see God come through over and over again. Mm-hmm. It's know? a life of surrender. It's, it's daily surrender, our wants and our will to yeah. his 
And that's what's hard sometimes because mm-hmm. we want what we want. Yeah. And we're, it's that, that tension mm-hmm. of our flesh and his will. Yeah. And um, if it's easy, then I don't know. It's never really been easy. Mm. It's always been comforting. It's always been um, a, a joy. Yeah. But it's never, I think, been easy. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, when I was talking to someone the other day about just that very thing in the Christian walk and how it's not supposed to be easy. It's interesting because it isn't, it isn't. Right. Right? Because mm-hmm. the yoke is easy. Right. You know, the burden yes. is light. Right. But at the same time, it is a burden. It is still a yoke. So you do have to carry something, but the weight of the world is heavier right. in the long run. Maybe not in the short term. Right. In the long run, it it does end up being a heavier weight to reap the consequences of your decisions that give you the short-term benefit. But in the long run, I'm talking about sin in general. In In the long run, Mm -hmm. you're just reaping the consequences of your actions. And so it seems like a heavier burden on the front end, obeying God. But in the long run, you look back, you were just talking 20 years back. I'm like, man, those decisions were weird. But now it's like, I get it. God wanted the best for me. Right. You know, so that's kind of where it, it plays kind of a mind trick on, Mm -hmm. on people and it's all about trusting God. Yeah. That God says who he says, that God is who he says he is, and he's going to do the things that he says he's going to do. Exactly. And I don't think it, it depends on how long you're a Christian or how long you've walked with the mm. Lord. Um, you're going to have that tension all the time. Yeah. Because our flesh is our flesh, yeah. and we're going to want to do things our way. Yeah. And sometimes the way we want is what God wants, but other times it's not. And yeah. we just have to say, you know, I, I surrender all. Yeah. Because if we don't, then like you said, it's it's just going to be an uphill battle. Yeah, yeah. It's not worth it. Yeah, it's true. That's a, that's a good good lesson. That's a good lesson, and it never really ends, right? It Mm-mm. just it's continual. It's continual. It's this journey that we're on, you know, of not not making. It's like a parent. It's really that. It's really that's what it is. I mean, God's our our heavenly Father, you mm-hmm. know, and He wants the best for His children. I mean, yeah. we we have kids, you know. We know sometimes we have to discipline them, and they just won't do what we're asking them to do. You know, we've both been through that. Um, but in the long run, we know that even though it hurts them, mm-hmm. we know that in the long run, it's going to be better for them because exactly. we want the best for them. Exactly. It kind of reminds me of um, my mom before she passed away. Um, maybe three years before she passed away, she had her leg amputated. And so she was in a wheelchair. But I have all of her journals. And in her journal, she would write, Good morning, Jesus. It's your servant, Maisel. Mm. How can I serve you today? Mm. And then she'd go through and she'd write down prayers for each one of us every day. She was our prayer warrior that covered us in prayer. But what I remember is is when I would go to visit the room, her room and my room would be right across from each other, and she'd be sitting on her bed just with her head down, just praying and reading the Bible. Wow. And, you know, here's somebody who had their leg amputated who was so sick. Yeah. And at one point when she was so sick, she said, I just want to die. She goes, this pain is too painful. And she said, you know, Lord, just take me. And then we prayed and we talked and she, 
she took my hand and she goes, go get the doctors. I want to pull my DNR. Mm. I don't want it Mm. because I want this to be God's choice. Mm. And if he is having me be here for whatever reason that is, no matter how physically painful it is, I want to be here serving him. Mm. And so after she got out of the hospital that time, she started a Bible study. Mm. I mean, she was in her late seventies. She couldn't go to church because they had stairs, but um, she had all these ladies over at her house for 80, 90 years old, wow. and they'd come every week, and they would be doing an in-depth Bible study because they wanted to grow to be closer to the Lord. And one of my things my mom said is, you know what, till the day I die, I'm going to live for Jesus, yeah. and I'm going to do what he wants me to do, and I'm going to grow closer to him each and every day. Yeah. And that is just such an inspiration to me mm. because when I think about that, I think that's what I want. Mm. Life is hard. You know, there's a lot of hard things that we have to deal with, but, you know, making that time for Christ, making that time to grow in our walk with him Mm -hmm. and also help others grow. Yeah. There's no greater joy than that. That's right. That's right. Yeah. That's so true. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. Um, Yeah. I'll I'll speak into that just a little bit here um, in the sense of uh, my own you know, personal spiritual growth. Um, I've been a pastor for a few years now, two years specifically at this church, but I grew up as a missionary, et cetera. Uh, my dad is a very, I would say, successful missionary. I mean, he started, I think it's 10 Christian schools in Chile. Mm-hmm. So I've always felt a little um, like on his shadow a little mm-hmm. bit, just to be quite honest. Like I'm always thinking, I wonder if he'd be proud of me. You know, there's that thought. It's mm-hmm. just, it's like a, it's like a thought that, that it's kind of a, a dad son type thing. He's super proud of me. Like he, he tells me that constantly how much, how proud he is of me. But there's this weird thing in my mind to where I want to be able to show him like, Hey, look, daddy, look what I did. Right. Mm-hmm. It's a weird thing. And it's sinful because that's not from God because it has to do with my own ego. Mm-hmm. So the reason why I bring that up is because I've discovered in these two years that I've been here that I have a different mindset now. Mm-hmm. Like my heart's in a different spot. Yeah. I'm not thinking about success. I'm not thinking about right. numbers. I mean, we're, we're tracking everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, we track, we track finances, we track attendance, we track growth groups, serve teams, all those things, we're tracking them. Um, but at the same time, that's something that I have to constantly keep in check because my reward is in the pixel. Mm-hmm. Like I've, so it has to do with what you're saying in the sense that God's got this. Like right. God, like, God's kingdom isn't yeah. in trouble. Like it's going to be fine. We know it's going to be fine. But then I, I, I am obeying Jesus every single day, mm-hmm. or do my best to do it the, to the best of my ability. And you find jo- joy. I call it in yeah. the pixel, in mm-hmm. the pixel of the big picture, in the sense of it's that story of that person that was hopeless mm-hmm. and came to church and walked away feeling better because yeah. because that person understands Jesus. Yeah. If that's not your re- reward. A mega church, 10,000 people, is never going to be enough if nope. that little thing isn't enough. And, and that little thing doesn't make your day. Right. You know? It does. Right? Mm-hmm. I think that's a great way to end it. I do, too. <laughs> I think it's beautiful. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you. This was great. This was thank great. You. I hope we can, we can do it again um, You know, in the near future. Um, I hope you guys got to know uh, Lisa a little bit better, us a little bit better. And we will see you next time.